Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. Um, We've been talking about the Christmas lifestyle. Christmas is something that's so special. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, the lights, the, the food, the atmosphere. But behind all that is a real sense of generosity. We see that in God giving us Jesus. We see that in us giving one another gifts, friends, family, even giving to those that are in need. We have the mascot, Santa Claus, that's also giving gifts. So we see this theme of generosity that emerges that's really um, what Christmas is about. And I think as we grow and we mature, we start to see um, Christmas, that's what it's about. It's about the giving. Not so much the receiving. The receiving's great, um, but the giving is even better. Um, so this, this overwhelming sense of generosity at Christmas time. So we started to talk about what would it look like if we had that level of celebration and generosity in our everyday life? What would that look like if we celebrated and were generous all year long? And so we started this series called The Christmas Lifestyle. And as we continue today, I'd like to talk to you about the cycle of giving. The cycle of giving. And I want you to think about it. What if you could have Christmas all the time, um, but instead of it emptying your bank account, that it would actually fill it up? I want to talk to you about this concept. What if you could be generous, really generous, and still end up with more? What if there was a life hack or some higher revelation that you could tap into that could cause you to be able to be generous with those around you um, and still end up with more? That you could tap into unlimited resources and be generous all the time. That's actually what God offers us. I call it the cycle of... Of giving. I mean, wouldn't it be great to have Christmas all the time and become blessed in the process? How is that possible, though? To be generous all the time and never run out of resources. Is that possible? Can I give and give again and still have more than enough left over? In the natural, it's not possible. If I give what I have, I have less. It's simple math. In the natural, if I give some of my money away, I have less money than I had before. Simple math. In the natural, if I give some of my resources away, I will have less resources. But with God, God is established as a kingdom principle that supersedes what happens in the natural, that when you give God's way, it will always end up with more. And that's how the cycle works. There's a cycle of blessing that's very spiritual in nature, and Jesus points it out in Luke 6, 38. He says, give and you shall what? Give and you shall receive. So it's it's a law that God put in place that when you give, you're going to receive. And this is a great thing when you're giving God's way and you're giving according to the prompting or the leading of the Holy Spirit. When you give, you're always going to receive. Now, if you're giving... Um, for natural reasons or, 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 or your own reasons, that's fine. You could give and you might not receive. You might receive, you might not receive. But when you give God's way or you give by the leading when God leads you, Jesus says you'll give and you will receive. 
When God directs the giving, he also ensures the receiving. I love that. It's because God is a covenant God. His word never returns void. If he says give and you will receive when you give, every time you give, you're going to receive. So we see that God is showing us when we give his way, the receiving is automatic. Just as other laws that govern the earth, gravity, motion, thermodynamics, the law of sowing and reaping is an immovable law. If you give God's way, you will receive. If you give at the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will receive. It's a kingdom cycle. So let's talk about the cycle a little bit. Um, and we'll look at Proverbs nineteen seventeen, And it says, If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. It's a cycle. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord. That's a great concept. That God sees it as you lending to him personally when you give to the poor. And he says, and he will repay you. This is part of how you can live the Christmas lifestyle. It starts here, and, and it's exciting. When you give to those that are in need, you're actually lending to the Lord. And if that wasn't enough, just to be a good Samaritan, God says, and... I will repay you. Now, as we know, God never gives us back just what we gave. He always gives more and better. We have to realize this. God never gives you back what you gave him. He gives you back more and better. It's either more and or better. God will never give you back exactly what you gave, but he will give you back multiplied 30, 60, 100 fold, or it will be something of greater value. Proverbs nineteen seventeen. If you give to the poor, you're lending to the Lord and he will repay you. And this is what gets exciting about giving God's way. It gets exciting because I think, what does God have in store for me when I give as he leads? When I give to the poor, when I give... Um, when the Holy Spirit is leading me, I realize I can't outgive God. I realize that when I help others, God will be helping me. If I give to others, God will repay me. It's a cycle of giving. When we give to fellow believers in need, we're actually lending to the Lord. That's how he sees it. Even when uh, he has us give to those that are in need outside the church, that is also lending to the Lord. What a powerful ministry. The ministry of giving to the poor. What a powerful benefit to lend to the Lord. Isn't that great? This is how powerful the kingdom is. Is You not only get that beautiful sense of satisfaction like I've done something that pleases God and helps humanity. But you also get the added benefit that God will repay you. There's a cycle in there. So for those who know about finances or even pay a mortgage every month. Listen to this. The bank is lending you money, but the money isn't free. When the bank loans you money, there is interest that is also charged monthly. So when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. And when he pays you back, he will pay you back with what? Exactly. He will pay you back with interest. It is a cycle of giving. It is a kingdom principle. It is a kingdom law. It's immovable and it works for every believer. There are even worldly people that have stumbled upon this truth, right? And many of them don't understand that 
some aspects, not all aspects, some aspects within the business culture were baked in there from people that were kingdom businessmen and women. And so they stumble upon the concept of charitability and giving back, and they're blessed in the process because the principle is universal. You might not even know God, and you exercise the kingdom principle, and you receive the kingdom benefit. And this is what is astounding that some people in the world are activating the power and the cycle of giving. And some people in God's house haven't realized it yet. That's something at their disposal. Imagine how much more the cycle of giving will benefit a believer that is giving to the glory of God for the process. So... When we're faithful to give God's way, we begin, to, we begin a perpetual cycle of wealth. When we give to God and we give God's way, we start a perpetual cycle of wealth. Give and it shall be given. Give and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Good measure shall be poured out into your lap. Running over, 30, 60, 100 fold. When you give, it will be given. Kingdom cycle. Look at somebody say kingdom cycle. It's a kingdom cycle. All right. Let's take this a step further. Because sometimes we look at our income and our resources and we look at people in the world that don't believe in God and seem to be doing pretty good. Right? Anybody ever done that? I got my hand up. It doesn't seem fair, right? I'm over here living right, following the word of God as best I know how to do. And this guy over here is doing all kinds of wrong stuff. And he's got all kinds of money. What is up with that? That is not fair. God, I'm living right. And this guy over here is living in luxury. Why? This is why you have to understand the principles of God, a cycle of giving. If you understand this um, and you implement it in your life, when you understand for God how God moves money around, you'll be at peace and you'll understand that God has given you tools to be blessed. Listen how the cycle works. Ecclesiastes 2.26. To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom and knowledge, and happiness. Let's stop right there. How many in the room would say you have been given some degree of wisdom, knowledge, and happiness, right? But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. So here is the second part, and maybe you're living in the first dynamic of this, but God also wants to get you to the second dynamic of this. It says, watch, but to the sinner, he gives the task. He'd been given a task by God to gather and store up wealth and hand it over to the one who pleases God. When you are seeing the wicked prosper, when you see the wicked with money, understand that they've been given the task to store up wealth so they can hand it over to those that please the Lord. This should excite you, and it should not worry you when you see people in the world accumulating wealth. 
God lets those that are doing the wrong things accumulate wealth for those that are doing the right things. You can call this a kingdom wealth transfer. The money and the resources are meant to be transferred from darkness to light. From darkness to light. Amen? The money transfers from those that have dark intentions to those that have God's intentions. So when you see what looks like the wicked prospering, they actually are storing up God's money to be distributed to God's people. So God does not just want to give you spiritual things. He wants to give you spiritual things first and foremost. That's why he put the wisdom and the understanding, right, and the happiness first. But he also wants to transfer resources into your hands. He gives you wisdom, knowledge, happiness, but then he will also transfer the wealth of the wicked to you. He starts with the most important things and works down to the less important things. Money is not the most important thing. Right? Your relationship with God is the most important thing. Your eternal destination is the most important thing. Growing in God, growing and maturing in your faith is the most important thing. So he starts with wisdom. Wisdom of who God is, the knowledge of the Most High, knowledge of the things of the Spirit, happiness, joy, right? Peace. And he works down to other things that are less important. God wants us to first focus on true riches and then all things can be added. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Think about what that entails. What do you need? What do you need right now? Think about it. Do you need a house? What is it that you need right now? Do you need a car? What is it right now that you need? Do you need some money to take your family on a vacation? What is it that you need right now? Seek first the kingdom of God and live the right way. And all these things will be added to you. He will give you everything that you need. So seek first God and the things of God. Then he will meet all your needs. God has a plan of wealth transfer that even the people that reject God are unknowingly a part of the process that God has designed. He's given them the task to store up wealth. The wicked, the atheist, the God deniers, the people not doing things God's way are storing up finances that will bless you and bless his kingdom. This is a kingdom cycle that is going on right now. It's been going on since the beginning. It will continue to go on. And it's exciting to know that as we become more aware of God and his promises, as we become more generous as he is generous, we tap into the more that God has for us. There are higher and higher levels that we uh, can go in God and the knowledge of God. There are higher levels of surrender. There's higher levels of giving. There's higher levels of blessing. There's a kingdom cycle that God wants us to partake in. And God wants us to understand the cycle of giving. It's a beautiful cycle. It's a cycle that we're able to enrich those that are around us. Enrich those that are on the fence of their faith. And we can be blessed in the process. 
It's great that God gives everyone a job. He's given me and you a job. He's given unbelievers a job as well. While we are advancing the kingdom of God, while we are building his church, the job of the unrighteous is to store up wealth to transfer it over. (laughs) If this sounds far-fetched, it's already happened several times. And it continues to happen. This cycle of how God operates. Let's look at the children of Israel when they were slaves in Egypt. Many of you, you're working a nine to five and you don't like it. You're in a job that you're not happy in. The children of Israel were slaves. And it said that Pharaoh and his officials were trying to beat the Israelites down, right? To take away their confidence, take away their rights. Uh, make them work for free. But in the end, what God did was he, he flipped it to where God set them free. And he didn't just set them free. When they left, Israel, when he, when they left Egypt, there was a wealth transfer. I, I don't know if you, you remember this part of the story, right? But what was, what was believed to be one of the most wealthiest nations at that time transferred a lot of their wealth to this new nation called Israel. Idol worshipers transferred their gold and possessions to the nation they had previously subjugated. Look at this, Exodus 12:36. The Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites and they gave the Israelites whatever they asked for, so they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. Y'all didn't remember that part of the story. (laughs) They were slaves, but on the way out, it says, God caused the Egyptians to look at them favorably, and everything that they asked for, they gave them, and so they stripped them of their wealth on the way out. How do you think the Ark of the Covenant was lined with gold? They had gold in the desert. Gold didn't come from the desert. Gold came from Egypt. Wealth transfer. There is a great wealth transfer, and God is doing this. God is transferring wealth from wicked hands into the hands of the righteous. Same thing happened with Jacob and Laban. Jacob showed up. God's hand was on Jacob. Jacob was trying to do the right thing. Um, But Laban had amassed all this flocks, and when Jacob left, he left with the best of all the flocks. He came with no flocks. He left with the best flocks. Wealth transfer. God will transfer wealth from those that are doing the wrong things to those that are doing God's plan. This is the kingdom cycle. Are you excited yet? Amen. The house of God should be a place that uplifts you, right? It's important that you don't look at the world and envy them because they have wealth. If they're not doing the right things, people that are not doing the right things are actually accumulating wealth, storing up wealth for the kingdom of God, for the people of God. All the wealth that you see in the world in the hands of people that are not doing the right things is actually being stored up for people that are doing the right thing. That lets you look at the world different. You look around and you see possibilities. You see, wow. Is that some of the money that God wants to give me? 
Are those some of the resources God wants to give me? Is that what God wants to bring into hope? Is that what God wants to bring into my family? And so no longer, I'm not looking enviously at other people. I'm saying, God is full of possibilities. God could bless me here. God could bless my family there. God could do it this way. God could do it that way. That person doesn't look like they're doing the right thing. Maybe that's my money. Ecclesiastes 6.2. God gives some people wealth, possessions, and honor so that they lack nothing their hearts desire. But God does not grant them the ability to enjoy them. And strangers enjoy them instead. Ecclesiastes 6.1 says, this is common among men. So it is a process that even in Solomon's day had been observed over and over and over again. The accumulation of wealth without the ability to enjoy it. God is a just God. And so it's been asked before, why do the wicked prosper? They're not really prospering, they're accumulating wealth. It's a difference. John said, I wish that you prosper as your soul prospers. Right? There's a part of prospering that has to do with joy and happiness and wholeness and friendship and godliness. Right? There's a difference between prospering and having money. One person stores up the wealth and another enjoys it. God allows one to gather but does not permit them to enjoy it. This is what God told the Israelites would happen in the promised land. Deuteronomy 6, 10, and 11. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you, and he made a vow to your ancestor Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large and prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not gig. And you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. Wealth transfer. Wealth, it's a kingdom cycle. Wealth transfer. This is God's plan. The cycle of the kingdom. It's a cycle of giving. It's important that we put ourselves in the position to inherit the promises of God. You can be a child of God and not be in position to inherit certain promises. That's why we talk about this type of stuff on Sunday, so that you can make sure that you position yourself to inherit these certain promises that we're discussing on different Sundays. It's important that you position yourself to inherit whatever wealth transfer that God wants to transfer into your hands. How do you do that? Luke 6, 38. Give and you shall receive. How do I get to receive? How do I get in a position to receive? Give, and you shall receive. Get, how is this wealth going to be transferred into my life, into my family? Give, and you shall receive. It is a kingdom cycle of giving. It is, it, this is what God does, in it, and it repeats itself, and it repeats itself, and it repeats itself upon the earth. Give, and it shall be given. 
The cycle of giving will bless you and your children and your children's children. Wealth transfer. This is what God wants. Give and it shall be given. Wealth transfer. And you will be blessed and your children and your children's children. God doesn't just want to bless you. He wants to transfer something into your possession that will bless you and your children and your grandchildren. Listen to Proverbs 13, 22. Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. I don't know how many times we can, we can do this. There is a cycle of giving that God wants us to understand. When we understand that, it enables him to transfer wealth. We are enabling God to enact his kingdom protocol when we give. He says, oh, they're giving. Okay, that means this protocol. You will receive. Give, you receive. Give, you receive. Kingdom wealth transfer. There is a kingdom cycle of generosity, and God wants to transfer a blessing to you. God wants to give you a great gift this season. It's Christmas time. And more than anything else that you could receive, the revelation of the ways of God and the things of God is so powerful. It's not about what you have right now. It's about the knowledge of God and the knowledge of the things of God. It gives you the ability to elevate yourself to a higher place. The more we give according to his directing, the more we receive abundantly. The more that we give to his kingdom, the more God will bless our house. The more we give to those in need, we are lending to the Lord and he repays us. God always returns 30, 60, 100 fold. When we give according to his word, according to his will, we understand we can't outgive God. It's impossible. We understand that his word never returns void. It always works. When God moves us, God speaks to us, God challenges us to give, there will always be multiple blessings coming into our lives. God wants us to start the cycle of giving and receiving. God wants us to understand the principle of generosity. It unlocks doors. Kingdom doors are opened with kingdom principles. You could pray till you're blue in the face. But unless you use the kingdom principle, the kingdom, that kingdom door won't open. You could fast. There's certain doors that unlock certain resources. If I sow joy, what will I reap? If I sow kindness, what will I reap? It's the law of sowing and reaping. If I pray for people, what will I reap? Other people praying for me. If I sow finances, what will I reap? And we always receive whatever that we sow. This law of sowing and reaping. It's a universal principle. It does not just apply to finances. What we sow, we reap. Once had a man tell me, if you don't like what's in your life right now, change what you're sowing. If you don't like what's in your life right now, 
change what you're sowing and what you're allowing to be sowed into you. Kingdom resources are released through kingdom generosity. You need kingdom keys to unlock kingdom doors to get kingdom resources. God wants you to have those resources. God wants to transfer things into your life. God wants to bless you. Believe it or not, he desires to bless his sons and daughters. But he only does it his way. He's saying, let me remind you of my promises. Let me remind you of things of God and the ways of God so that you can be blessed. God wants to transfer resources from those that are doing the wrong things into those that are doing the right things. So put yourself in position to inherit and see God's principles come to life in your life. Let's pray. God, I thank you, Father. You're always giving to us. You're giving us kingdom information. You're giving us revelation of who you are and what you're doing on the earth. And one of the things that you are doing is you're blessing your sons and daughters. Uh, Sometimes you want to bless us even more than we realize. And so we have to open up our eyes and see, oh, that's where you want to bless me. This is what I need to do. This is what I need to adjust in my life. God, show us the adjustments that we need to make so that we can be more effective for you. Show us the changes that we can make so that we can inherit all of the blessings that you want us to inherit. God, because we want to be blessed, not just for our sake, though. We want to be blessed to be a blessing. We want to be blessed so that we can be blessers like you are a blesser. God, thank you, Father, for each and every person that's here today. God, touch our heart. Let us hear your truth. And, Lord, let your truth set us free. God, I thank you, Lord, for those that have prayers, God, those that have been praying, God, for breakthrough in their finances. God, Lord, let them hear something today that helps it click for them. Let them hear something today in your word that helps them rise up to the next level. God, I thank you for that. And as heads are bowed, maybe you say, Pastor, I've been um, disconnected in my faith. I've been a little bit far from God, and and I want to reconnect with him today. I don't know what happened, but I kind of drifted in my relationship with God. I want to reconnect with him today. Or maybe you say, Pastor, I don't know if I've ever really said yes to Jesus. I've been around religious things or religious people, but I've never said yes Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to lead me. I want to live for you. If either of those are you, just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you right where you are today. Amen. Amen. If you slipped up your hand, um, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And everybody that uh, agrees with this, you can pray this prayer with me too. Jesus, Thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for taking my sins away. Thank you for giving me a fresh start. I'm sorry for the times I missed it and failed and sinned. Forgive me. 
Jesus, I need you. I need you in my life to lead me, to guide me, to give me strength. I want to live a life like you. I want to live a life that's pleasing to God. I want to live a life that you can bless. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God the praise. Wow. I'm so excited for you. If you made a step and you said yes to Jesus or you recommitted to Jesus today, that's awesome. Continue in your faith. Link up with somebody. Link up with a couple of people at the church. It's easier to do life when you're doing it with people that also love the Lord and are going in the same direction as you. We've got some great resources and great classes here um, to help you grow in your faith. We want to come alongside of you and partner with you. And you can get the app. You can ask people here, and they'll tell you about some of the great things that are going on. Pastor Corinne, would you come up here for a second? Um, so we are... Um, I, I don't even have the uh, envelope. Can somebody get me the envelope? <laughs> I got so into this. Um, we're doing something special. Many of you know about it. Oh, Pastor Sandra, I'll take one of those. You're right on time. All right. So if you haven't gotten one of these, you can take one of these home. It says increased capacity. God is going to be doing some powerful things in 2024. And this is a special opportunity that we get to plant a seed on New Year's Eve night. So take this home, pray with your family, write down what you're believing for. Don't just plant a seed. Write down what you're believing God is going to do in 2024. Pray about it. Write it down. Pray about what you're going to give. Write that down. And um, come, I'm telling you, uh, New Year's Eve is going to be powerful. One of the greatest services that we have all year. And we like to move into the new year intentionally. Intentional is the word. Um, so what we like to reiterate here is that it is, um, if you live at home with your family, it's a family thing. Involve those that you can in it, pray together, um, and then sit and listen to what God is saying to you and let everybody participate in hearing and then writing down those things that you hear God saying to you. We like to write it on the flap, uh, of our envelope. And a lot of times we'll keep a little copy Um, but it's something that we look back to throughout the year and because it's good to remind yourself, this is what God spoke. This hasn't happened yet. Let's continue to pray for breakthrough in that. And so as the year goes by, you want to be able to identify and see it and remind yourself, but please involve those of you that have little ones. They're not too little. They're not too little for you to give them that space to hear from the Lord. Those of you that have older kids, it's great. Involve them. It helps them to get that sense of God is the center of our homes. So we encourage you to do that. God bless you. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.